step slower than, than normal. a possessed person exactly. too. Maybe that other... What's up, everybody? We are back. Pure Tennis Podcast, powered by Tennis Point. Nate Walworth, joined by the man Joe Patton. What's up, my guy? Happy Happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday. I guess it, this will be dropping on Thursday. So, guys, um, no, we just want to recap everything that's been going on in the tennis world, uh, as well as the stuff, the, the newest and latest from Tennis Point. Been a great week. You guys were in the Tennis Point shop today. You guys had a, <laughs> had a big purchase for, uh, for, for, for young Benny. Yeah. We got the new head gravity for the 25 inch for a little guy, and he's sleeping with it right now. No, that's guys. Yeah. This this picture, I'll I'll, I'll post it on the Pure Tennis <laughs> on Pure Tennis Instagram. All right, check out the Pure Tennis podcast on IG, guys. Benny's Benny's literally upstairs cuddling his new head gravity. It's uh, it's a sight to see. I remember the feeling I had when I was a young kid picking out my racket. It's he's like, in love. He's sna- guys. He's hitting the ball so big off the ball machine that he cracked the handle of his his Wilson. Um, yeah, it's like an old Federer. It's like old pro staff. Yeah, and he cracked he cracked the handle of it, and I was I thought he was gonna be pretty sad that he bu- he busted it, but he was he, he was, was all jacked up. He well, was he? Yeah, well, sure he, he was, was. He was sad that it broke because it was his first racket. You lose that connection with your first racket today. Yeah, I'm sure it's, it's, it's but you know he was pretty jazzed up to get to get a new <laughs> stick. He, he he thought about it for like three days straight on what racket to get. He went from the head boom oh, to the pure arrow yeah. to the gravity to the speed because he, he's, he's a big JJ Wolf guy. So it's like and he he settled on he went back to the gravity. So the multicolored, I think that's what got him. So yeah, he liked that you had pointed that out to him. This this kid guys this guy's gonna be a problem. I'm telling, I'm predicting it now. The kid loves tennis, and I think that's the most dangerous characteristic somebody can have. But anyway, guys, happy Thursday. Appreciate you guys tuning in to the Pure Tennis Podcast. Real quickly before we get started, Monte Carlo. Uh, I know we want we're all excited to talk about the, these crazy results, but guys, tennis point latest and greatest. I want to just start off. I know shoes have been a big issue with the last year and a half or so, two years with the supply chain issues, but Mizuno. I think they might have saved the day with this one, guys. The best shoe I've seen from Mizuno, it's the Wave Exceed Tour 5. What a, I mean, I, I got this on court about a week ago for our Babolat shoot, and I thought this was just amazing out of the box. The fit, a very flexible fit, sock, the sock top um, tongue, which I think is a huge deal, so you don't have to worry about sliding down your foot. Just the light, it's a... It's a 11.6 ounces, I believe, for a 10.5 shoe, which is just outrageous, especially considering it's a six-month outsole warranty shoe, which I know you guys, that's big for, big for mom and dad, big for, big for you juniors that are, are paying for your own stuff. Six-month warranty is, is a big a big addition to a, to a shoe that's going to be a lighter weight shoe. It's not going to be weighing you down with the uh, like a typical, I don't know, whether it's a barricade or a cage four. But no, um, just a light, just super snug. It's You can slide on it. You trust it. It's stable. I have a lot of positive things to say about it. I didn't dislike any of it, and the colorways are, are pretty nice as well. I think that's a great-looking shoe. So you can see Lorenzo Sinego and Martin Fusevich, two top players in the world, rocking it on court this week. And I also wanted to just touch on briefly, real quick, the Adidas line that's about to drop on our site this week. You can already see people wearing it in Monte Carlo. Showing off the water cycle on the shirts, you got, I mean, whether it's Corda, Zverev, um, Felix, I know Song Award early on. All these guys are rocking it, and I think it looks really sharp. I, and especially the black shirt with the uh, the white graphics. So, really excited about that as well. Other than that, um, yeah, we uh, we got a few rackets here from Diadem that I'm excited to test out. We'll we'll get some feedback on those. But any, what's the latest with you, Joe? How, how's how's the uh, how's the blade treating you? Uh, it's great. I mean, it's still the best racket I've ever used. <laughs> I think that. <laughs> I'm kind of, I'm kind of. Your um, team Yonix, now your team Wilson. And I think we lost you to Team Wilson forever. Yeah, well, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm team whatever racket that I can get. Whoever, 
whoever sends us free stuff, that's who we're. Yeah, that's who we're the I like fans. I like to try them all. I think that the thing that I really appreciate about the um, blade is that it's got enough. Uh, pop that it's like not like kind of a dead racket that I was mm-hmm. I was kind of using a dead racket so I'm big into that but it's not so powerful that I can't keep it in the court so big I'm big fan of the blade I know that everybody uses it and no it's a billion blades I, out there I, but I, there are but I think th- I think that speaks to the volume of the quality I mean it's just a quality stick I would say in the last four months I've seen more blades in Yonex E zones than maybe any other stick I um, see them a lot too just they both are great look the green and the blue they they, they pop but anyway, we got to get on Masters 1000s. Monaco. It's in Monaco. How beautiful is is this place, Monte Carlo? I mean, doesn't that, it's, it just looks like it's a it <laughs> looks Carlo. like a, a yeah. postcard. A postcard. <laughs> I hear good things. About I hear. I mean, I, I, we have to get there. <laughs> We're Pure Tennis Podcast is going to take over Send Monte us Carlo. There. I mean, we could get on a yacht. We could come across from Mallorca. <laughs> just hang out. We. we I, I want to get there. It's like when when I was a kid, I didn't love like. Watching the red clay events, I probably wasn't as tuned in, especially during, during the European swing. But it's like now, it's like wow, these ki- these guys are living the life. Like yeah. what they're pl- like, they're playing tennis in these facilities, like just amazing stuff. So, Some of the practice courts just overlooking the Mediterranean. <laughs> give me a insane. break. <laughs> give me a break. Like, that's just not fair. So, of of the first uh, round of sixty four, round of thirty two matchups, where where do you want to start? Give me the give me the most shocking result of of the first few days. I mean, I could. Do you do you want to go? Like, I, I give me your, give me number one. I, I think there's only two matches that, that that come to mind. First off, give me give me the one we want to hit on first. I mean, I would talk about the the biggest match that I watched was Fokina and and Djokovic. Yep. I yep. just think that that match was out of this world. Um, the le- how about the level? I mean, what a ridiculous like that's a tough draw for Novak. Novak comes comes back against Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, the young Spaniard, 22 years old, trains at the Rafa Academy. This guy's a clay court specialist. Um, he just his his numbers on clay are pretty absurd. He's a top twenty player on the clay courts. As I feel like today, and the level that he came up with against Novak was, I mean, the shot making, the speed, his recovery, his anticipation. Yeah, the anticipation just blew my mind because I just honestly I don't think that Djokovic was playing bad. I thought that he was playing really well. And I just never thought that I, I was just waiting for the kind of choke out move um, throughout the match. I just thought that Djokovic was still in control, still in control, and just to get put away at the end because he was just anticipating where the ball was coming. He's just always in the right spot. I mean, the Falkina was the drop shot from Novak. I mean, usually it, it's effective against ninety percent of the tour. Falkina was getting there with room to, with time to spare yeah, on yeah. every one. And his ability to redirect at the last second to, to guide the ball with the left hand on the backhand side down the line on the forehand side, either short angle it or, or push it back to the baseline. It's just like this guy, and then he was he probably dove 10 times on and hit. Yeah. hit I mean, he was carrying five pounds of, of red brick on his shirt, never changed, bloody knuckles. I his mean, the eyes were, was, his eyes were coming out of his head. It was uh, repping the Diodora, too. Those new Diodora shoes Those are, are pr- cool. pr- pretty, pretty slick. But I, I mean, what a best one of his career. Yeah, by a long shot, and you thought when Novak was able to pull the goods out in the second set tiebreaker with a absurd, it was actually the tennis point of the uh, tennis point of the day where with the passing shot he hit down the line as Fokina came to the net, just paints the line and he takes the set. He has the reaction that it looks like 
Novak's telling the crowd, like, I'm back. Like, oh, yeah. You know what? And I just looked, needed one that's match. That's where I felt like he was back, too, because he was playing in, in the Djokovic. Like, he wasn't hitting. He was keeping it in the court, just, like, waiting. Just, like, a, I call it a chokeout move because it's just, like, he's not going for much. I mean, he's going for, he's hitting the, kind of painting the sides. Mm-hmm. But uh, Fakina was just there, coming to the net. Fakina's athleticism. Was there. His, his ability to get in and out of corners on a clay court surface that yeah. a lot of guys look like elephants like you and I probably would on this stuff. Right. But this guy is just absurd. Yeah. He, he stops on a dime. He slides Dive in, in He slides the air. into his shots. I, guys, check out the, the mini break podcast. We don't shout out many podcasts, but I was on the mini break podca- podcast with Gruskin yesterday, and Gruskin made a good point. Like, the great players on clay slide into shots. The, the guys that aren't most comfortable, they're sliding kind of out, of, like, out of shots. Yeah. This guy was going into the ball with full momentum and just he when he puts his foot in the ground he is just electric to watch and I mean the whole match he's just coming up with the goods on the on the move and just tr- like he's just trying shots against Novak that I mean he yeah. he, he was coming up and giving Novak opportunities but his ability to kind of rebound and just rebuttal and come up with the patterns to, to get the shot that he won on the next on the next next rally was just so impressive and I loved hearing him after the match. He's a guy that's pretty quiet. I feel like I haven't heard a lot about him in pressers and stuff. And he was just, I think he was more nervous at his post-match pressers than he was closing out the one-on-one tennis player and arguably a top, I mean, one of the top players ever to live and play this game. He was just on the mic. It was like, this was his moment. And he was uh, talking about, he's supporting a great cause with this uh, shelter he supports, kind of helping people adopt uh, cats and dogs, I believe it is. And he was just like saying, like on the tennis on the tennis channel um, desk, he's just like, <sighs> he's like, I was just, I'm just so nervous right now. It's just like it was so relatable, and I was just super happy for the kid. Novak gave him his his um, just showed him some love after the match, you he know, kind of brought him in and just kind of congratulated him. I thought that was awesome moment for tennis, and Novak handled his loss with grace. This is a place that Novak has lived now. I feel like for a while he 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 lives in Monte Carlo, so it's kind of in a, in a way his home event. And Novak was about he just bowed out in the, his first match. He's only it's his fourth match of the year, which is just insane. Uh, he's actually Novak or Novak has won two matches this season. Rafa Nadal has won three titles this season. So that kind of tells you where where we thought this season was going to be headed. You know, Rafa coming off surgery, Novak just dominating all 2021, almost winning the the Golden Slam. And then this year, it's like a completely different story. It's just yeah, well, tennis is such a weird sport. The French Open, though, will be like the. I mean, he's kind of like training, you know. Yeah, he no, he's he's like a boxer getting ready for the main title the fight. The big title fight's yeah. coming. He's he's trying to get his body right, trying to find his his rhythm, trying to find his confidence, getting him match ready. It's it's a completely different thing than what he's been doing training the last. It feels like forever. It's like he was taken off the tour for what five four months. I don't know. Australian Open feels like it was centuries ago. It does. And that's when he, I mean, he was let into the country, then he was taken out, and that feels like it was a decade ago. But So, I mean, we haven't seen him play in so damn long. But Novak is back. I'm very happy to see him back. Me too. He, he looked like he was having fun out there. And you can just tell, like, I'm sure some of these players were probably feeling pretty good about not being able to see him in their side of the draw. But the tennis needs this guy. I'll I mean, be honest. I thought it was going to be a Djokovic-Alcarez final. Have two favorites like, by Vegas coming into the event. And every single time i'm watching tennis i keep texting you like that's that's probably the match of the year though so i, I feel like the tennis is at that at that pinnacle right now like at, at all levels i mean at whether every it's level. high school college pros yeah I mean, no kidding. I'll, I'll go watch you play your, your inner club and it's like damn even joe even joe's got a big forehand it's like <laughs> there's forehands everywhere these days but no i think that's a great point tennis is 
at a ridiculous I watched level. Florida, Texas the other day. Oh, the college, the, that's another, we, we, we need another podcast for college tennis because <laughs> college tennis is absurd. Um, I got, yeah, well, a little side tangent. Guys, Sorry. check out check out tennis underscore point on TikTok. That's where I post all of our highlights for college tennis. But anyway, you just touched on it. Carlos Alcaraz goes down. He was the Vegas favorite to take home this title. It would have been his second straight Masters 1000s, which I just did not see happening. I actually predicted Corda would he win this. Corda in the French Open, too. So you you were right on the clay. You said that he Corda plays the... his best tennis on clay right now. It's I don't know what it is. Like he's a gr- Corda's a great athlete. And I think something to do with when he leaves the country and he goes across the pond and he's not the one of the guys that's gra- kind of grabbing headlines and he's not like we a guy that people American. have expectations on. We need it. Yeah, we do. And he, he plays freely. He plays – his backhand down the line is just unbelievable. Oh, yeah. his, serves, his serves bigger. But for how big would it be for tennis to get a Indian Wells and then Monte Carlo? Two Americans. Let's go. That would be, that'd be sick. I, I don't think that – I can't remember the last time that's happened. I don't – I, I don't even remember the last like American that won Indian Wells. years. It's Who was the last American that won Indian Wells? Was it Andre Agassi? Yeah. That's, yeah, so that hasn't happened in forever. Uh, and that would be, Corda, would be, that'd be a, a ridiculous story. He's going to have plenty of competition along the way. But, I mean, you have to think, the way he just played against Carlos Alcaraz, taking, yeah. down him in th- taking him down in three sets, a ridiculously high-level match from the beginning. He wins 7-6, 6-7, 6-3, in over three hours on a clay court against, against the maybe spider. the hottest player on the tour. Yeah, and the hottest player. The hottest player on the tour. And Cordes, he just showed off, like, the thing that impressed me most was his his hands. Yeah. I mean, the drop, I don't think he, like, he, he he's never, I would never have described him as, like, super fluid. I feel like he's more walks the line along a little bit more robotic. Definitely. Uh, especially, like, because he, he was taught great base. I don't know if, how many of you guys are familiar with that, but it's a, it's a way of um, kind of implementing tennis technique at a young age which is very in my opinion robotic it's not something that i've takes a lot of patience it's but guys at the club that i teach at they seem to love it and i know some some people have have really uh it's really worked for them so i mean everybody's got their own thing but he it's worked for seb corda i mean that's for damn sure i mean what he's come up with he's got the goods i mean he had the he had the crazy passing shot against corda it was in the third set i believe it was four Four three or five five four something like this, and Carlos was pushing. It was thirty all I think, and he hits a cross court short angle passing shot from like eight to ten feet behind the baseline on the dead run short angle, and you could even tell like Carlos was just like oh wow. And Carlos gave him his credit after the match. He's like this is a great friend and a great opponent. Like we're gonna have many battles going forward. And I thought that was really cool. But Corda, one of the best ones of his career, I feel like, and gets it in Monte Carlo at one of the most prestigious events in the world. Super happy for the kid. I just I think the world of this guy. I think he's a super nice guy. He would he would be a fun uh, face of American tennis, and he's got the family genes already working in his favor. So yeah. no, those two matches obviously headline grabbers. Uh, t- the two the two favorites to take this title home. Both are are dropped out in their first matches. But no, plenty of action. The next match I want to talk about is how about how how about Lorenzo Musetti taking out Felix Auger-Aliassime, a guy who has not been playing his best tennis the last uh, several weeks, but Mazzetti hasn't quite found his best tennis either, and he played just exceptional tennis in that match. Oh, yeah. Just played. It was. I feel like that was a definite uh, power ball kind of matchup that I, again, not seen that, that outcome. So it's just I feel like the – the guys coming in and playing outside of their their 
playability and, and beating up on people that I, I mean, Azim, I've been watching this year kind of at the beginning of the year, almost tailing off a little bit, not doing what he was, not the same player he was two no. months ago, but still hitting big ball. And just he, like, he, he, we, I, we, we, you and I both kind of discussed, we thought he would solidify himself as a top 10. I thought he was going to be kind of top 10. Perennial star. Didn't look like top 10. No. He, he hasn't looked top 10 really outside of his his uh stint in Australia. Every ball is going like right in the center of the court. Yep. Yeah, exactly. He's he's this that's this I think that's my biggest that's a great point. That's probably my biggest knocks on biggest knock on Felix is he's not a precise guy off the baseline. He's not finding his spots like serving. He hits his spots pretty well, I feel like overall. He's he, he's bringing it pretty big. I feel like he could even reach back and grab a little bit more, especially with his size and athleticism, but off the baseline, he hits the ball it's he's not really finding that outer fourth of the court that often. So what is, is that? Is that just a game planning thing? It's like you have to I, do, like I gotta I question. gotta substitute pace and I'm I'm not gonna hit corners. I'm just gonna just I I'm gonna he, put pace. Yeah, he, I think that's I think that's kind of what he does. I mean, I I think he takes pace over placement. I think, I think that's so a, too. And I think instead of using variety to get guys off the court to open up his bigger ball cross court or down the, like if I was hit. Like, he, I mean, yeah, I could, that's easy to say. It's easy, but like, get guys <laughs> off the court. He's got a massive whip forehand that is, has a ton of topspin. Use that, short up the court, get guys outside the the, the 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 sidelines, and then work your big backhand cross court. It's like something's not clicking. It's and it's like with Felix, when his plan A is not working, he doesn't seem to have a plan B or plan C to go to, and that's his biggest downfall right now. And it's a it's a bummer because I think he like when you look at him, he's got kind of the looks, he's got the athleticism, he's got. The kind of charisma. He, he's a good. He can, he's good on the mic. He can talk this game. Um, he's an interesting character, but he's just the tennis is not there. And I think that's he's a, got the resume in the, he, in the in the past. And like I think that that's the thing too. Is like I think and you know more way more about this than I do. But I feel like some of the top top guys when they scout out their and this is probably just not watching enough tennis. But I feel like this is like a scouting thing. It's like if I'm playing X guy. I'm going to substitute pace and just beat him up. And then if that doesn't work, then it's panic mode because you're just, you've been practicing. So then everything just goes center court and you just look yeah, like you're hitting mon and, and monster yeah, I, ball. It's like Felix seems to be stunned that these guys that aren't ranked in the top 15 are, gonna, are hitting passing shots yeah. and coming up and hit, hitting winners. It's like, uh, dude, these guys are insane. It's like if you give them confidence and they start rolling a little bit, especially a guy like Musetti who's a clay court specialist at this point in his career. Yeah. He's the guy that had Novak down two sets to love at the French Open. Um, it's just like the Mercedes is looking to find his, his rhythm as well. It's Felix is – it's like he doesn't – I don't I don't know what's not clicking for the guy. It's like this is when I thought he would probably like regroup, find his footing, and kind of make some noise out of Masters 1000's title. But he is he's tapped out really early. And it reminds me he, when so many points. There were so, so many, many points to get from him. Like yeah, because he didn't really he wasn't really defending any points from last season. This was a this was an opportunity for Felix to really make a, a statement and yep. get a run going. And but doesn't happen. We haven't talked about Mozetti at all. But Mozetti played Mazzetti, ridiculous. Well, that reminds me when we had Andres Gomez on here and talking about Clay, mm -hmm. just saying that like the placement was way more important than. Because you're going to run balls down anyway. Mm -hmm. I remember him just kind of talking to that. And it's just, I felt like that Mazzetti was just kind of, he didn't have the pace, but he was just placing balls. He's, he's placing, his placement and his ability to track balls down and make Felix hit one more shot. Yep. And, and we saw that in the uh, the point where he tracked down that drop after hitting that. The drop ball. 
and then he hit the passing shot off the overhead from Felix. It was just like once you get yeah, with a guy like that, Rossetti, yeah. the confidence to to kind of feel himself a little bit. You eat up he, their overhead. I don't think I don't think of Mosetti as a showman or someone that really gets the crowd really involved, but in that match he was. Yeah. I mean, he was looking for the reactions from the crowd all match long, yeah. really kind of feeding off that. And not that that was special because he should be that guy. Mosetti's Mosetti's a fun player to watch, especially on clay. It's like live it up out there, man. You're he, and and he's twenty years old. Well, you I, said that the best too is that there's nothing more testosterone filled than when someone fires an overhead and you just eat it up and try to like rip it. There's nothing. There, there's that's, nothing that's, better. That's peak right there. That's that's pretty much peak right there. I, I, I've never experienced hitting a twinner a tweener for a winner. I I don't think I'll ever experience that. But from what I've experienced. Better than hitting an ace or anything like that. Ace, ace someone fire hits a, that someone overhead. Hits an ace, someone hits an overhead, and you read it, and you tee up, tee yeah. up on it, and just smoke one past them. That's a nothing uh, says more. You, you, you pro- you're probably weighing that next point too. If I had to guess, <laughs> yeah, I'm with you there. But you said the other one too is that serve and then and then air like jumping in the air as a tomahawk overhead <laughs> like that, and then eating up someone's overhead. That's no, that's that's the. Uh, those yeah. are the two. <laughs> Wait, let's get on court tomorrow and see if I can figure those out. <laughs> right. But. So let's just talk about the, the, the kind of the, the big dogs in this one. Steph Sitsipas, that's a guy that has had a lot of success on clay in the past. He had not come out the gates in, in 2022 on fire. He was another top player that was looking to find his flow and have some statement wins. He came out against Fabio Fognini and just ripped the doors off the Italian. I mean, he just undressed him on the court. He just stepping on every ball, just pounding balls to the corners. His forehand one-two punch, his big serve, big forehand was was clicking, and yeah, I didn't realize how good Titsy Poss plays on clay. This he, is the first time I've really watched him because, like last year, I mean, not, I've watched tons of Titsy Poss, but watching him on clay is the first. Yeah, time. this is he's like a clay core guy. He's an athletic like so. The thing with Titsy Poss, I think that sets him apart is he's not like based on the baseline. I don't think he's at that top level where you see like a guy like even like I don't know if he's at Casper Rude's level from the baseline. But where he makes the difference is he's 6'4", six, 6'5". Six, he's a freak athlete. He's a guy that's comfortable coming forward. He can hit the big overhead. He's he's comfortable recovering from that position as well and chasing down lobs. And he's got – when he has the serve working, he's he, he's just a problem. He's and I fit. think if, if he's able to use that front court to his adva- like his advantage and close points off up there, he, he's got something that a lot of these guys don't have. And I think that's why Clay has, has been somewhere he's felt comfortable. Uh, he's – does not seem to lose his footing or his balance as often as other guys do that are at his height. And, yeah, his, his heavy, the heaviness of his shots seem to just take on another uh, level on the surface. So Sitsipas takes on Laszlo Ejer in the next round, a matchup that I think w- could be a little tricky. I think he, I think he takes that. And Me I think too. we could be looking at a potential Diego Schwartzman who plays the Musetti. Diego Schwartzman, I think, Schwartzman will take that. That's a tough. Both guys love clay. Yeah. That, that, that's going to be an electric matchup. But if Diego gets past that, I am all here to see a rematch of Diego versus Tsitsipas. Yep. Um, something we just saw earlier this year. But that is that is a matchup that uh, just is very intriguing. Two two very different styles. Who who would you favorite in a matchup with uh, Schwartzman versus Tsitsipas? I mean, like you said, we've already watched it. So it just happened. That was the. Uh, ATP Cup, yeah. ATP Cup, seven six Sitsipas, six three six three Schwartzman in, in in the last two sets. Just an, uh, a really fun match. I, I remember. I I thought I was thought I was remembering that correctly. That was the January third, so quite some time ago. Yeah. But Schwartzman 
that's that weirdly doesn't feel as long ago as like the Australian. It doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It, doesn't. It, do, it really doesn't. So, who, who are you taking if we get to see that matchup, which I'm kind of hoping for? Uh, I mean, I feel like I feel like Titsipas is due because yep. it's just he is. He's just. But then again, maybe you he's never not. Wanna... I watched him. I've watched him lose to Brooksby. Watched JJ Wolf give him every bit of mm-hmm. like. Good point. I mean, yeah, and but Diego's the same way. Diego just lost to Kakanakis after being up pretty big right. in Miami. And Diego, but Diego's, he's you know he's back on his on his home turf. It feels like on a clay court, and Watch it's just Alcaraz like Alcaraz completely undress him. Yep. But so. what Diego can do at his with his stature, like five four, five three, whatever he is, he's tiny. Like he's beating guys a foot taller than him. He played Hatchinov in the first round. Oh, yeah. And Hatchinov is like 6'6". Six, six. This guy's like 5'4", five, 5'5". Five, five. I don't know what shoes on. Maybe he's 5'6". Um, <laughs> and he's able to hit the ball over at these guys' shoulders, at these, hit it and get it up on their shoulder and just control the control the rally from yeah. the baseline. But that guy is just, uh, I don't know how to explain what he does. Him. I root for him. I mean, just oh, especially when he's just, like you said, just kind of putting the ball up into the other guy, the bigger guy. Up into their yep. chest. Yep. No. And, and, and the other two matchups that that I think that are, are got me cooking. How, who do you have in the All American matchup? Corda versus Fritz. That matchup, you got six. I like it, especially on a clay. I think you have to ride with Corda there. Yeah. Better better athlete. He's um not gonna doesn't have maybe quite the firepower off the serve. And Fritz is hot right now. I Fritz mean, is Fritz is hot. This is not the surface. I, I think that. Gonna get. I, I, yeah, I think you have to take it with <clears throat> a little bit more of a not a grain of salt, but it's not quite as what he did on the hard courts is is totally. not quite as um it's not it's not gonna I, I guess yeah transfer to what he's gonna be doing on the clay court swing, but Corda is a guy that has had a bunch of success. Just took out Alcaraz. I think I think we're gonna see Corda advance there. I think that's just and such if Corda a huge advances there. I think boost. this is yeah. Corda has a great shot to get to the semis. It's, I know. He plays the winner of Falkina versus Gofan. Both guys that I don't think, I mean, they're two smaller guys. They're both about six feet tall. I think he can hit both those guys off the court, similar to what he did with Alcaraz. And if, and if he if, if he gets to a final, American so tennis I mean, is, is in a place that we just there haven't we seen it in so long. <laughs> it's just like, I, I cannot this wait is to the see. Year. This I think it is. It's like you have. Opelka playing great ball. Yep. Tony Paul is playing a, a, exceptional. You got Brooksby still is a, is, is a exceptional. Tiafo's hanging around up there, and then you got Corda on, on this on the up on the upper swing. It's I I can't wait to see what this guy can do because I think this guy is a guy that you can see contend and get to the quarterfinals of Roland Garros this year. It's just like his his mentality is is pretty much I think it's flawless. I he, like that there's so many that they even when. Their, the tournament is not really plays into all of like the the like Fritz's like wheelhouse. No, definitely just serve and you know. That, but there's so many Americans that kind of step up that there's someone that has a chance. It's just it's, and it's not just like someone has a chance to get out of the first second round. Uh-huh. It's like someone has a chance to win it. It's just way more exciting. It is. And in clay court tennis, it's like I have a new appreciation for it this in the last few years. I feel like. It's just a you just have to take it for what it is. It's like there's a lot more strategies. It comes comes into play a little bit more. You can't just bang guys off the court. Right. You can't just go one two punch out every every time and expect the ball is going to fly past guys. You have to work angles. You have to hit your spots. You have to the drop shot is much more impactful at this uh, on this surface. Yep. You um take their legs and yeah, see you, see who see who's like playing like you said too like in the clay courts is like who who, who played the match before and how long did that last? Exa- yep. 
and, and, and you got to hit behind guys, bigger guys that are moving one way, make them tr- change direction on, on the spot and see if they can shift their weight around and, yep. and get moving. It's like there's just a lot more. Uh, I think that's why – I don't know. It's like I don't want to call American players – that they're not as smart as these guys, but that's why these Spaniards have been kind of torching the, the ATP tour for so long. Is like these guys are out there critically thinking and thinking through patterns and thinking through the rally of like, I want to get this guy to move here so I can open up this shot. And it's that, that that whole process of watching these guys think through these these longer exchanges and from the baseline is is a lot of fun for me to watch. But no, this tournament is going to be. It's it's just I can watch just like that venue. I gotta get to that venue. I did too. I think so, that we needed a team yellow yacht. We, we I'm <laughs> telling you, float it over from Mallorca and just sleep sleep on the water. Yeah, and we'll sleep on it every morning. I'll wake cook. up, take take a little canoe. Maybe t- let us play a little tennis on one of those courts. <laughs> I'm just just throwing that out there. <laughs> but, but no, and before we uh, we, we gotta we'll, we'll give our predictions on this event, but okay. real quick. Our guy Holger Rune, he won eight matches in eight I days. Dude, he's holding trophies. Eight matches in eight days. He has a huge win against Karatsev in round one. That's amazing. A physical, That's amazing. just a ridiculously physical match where those guys were slugging. And I thought he was going to lose it for a second. You know, he kind of lost his mental edge. Karatsev had called a number of medical timeouts, and he didn't seem to agree with the way he was kind of not being told when he was going to get treatment and the the, the uh, changeovers were going to be longer, but. Holger Rune drops the second set in a, after kind of having that little meltdown, but he bounces back in the third set, locks in from the from the beginning, and just outslugs Karatsev, who's one of the biggest I, ball strikers on the tour, yeah. and just made him uncomfortable. He, he, he extended rallies, took his legs out, and lost in a tough one today against Kasper Rude, but no shame there. He lost 7-6, 7-5 today, and you can just tell – a great Instagram caption from Holger Rune. I wish all tennis players would be this transparent with how they felt coming off a, a, an event or a swing like he just did. He's just saying like he, a lot of positive vibes, and he just learned a lot. He, he he's not taking this loss as is really a defeat, but more of a learning lesson. And I thought that was super special. It's like that's so refreshing to hear an 18 year old not get discouraged, not think like the world is ending because he lost a match. But it's like he's ready to get back to work and just like he knows how good he can be after uh, after the last. Week and a half. We talked to him. He is just older than he. There's his, no way the kid age. is 18. Yeah, he is just just a much more mature person than any than I. I was so stupid at 18. I like, <laughs> like I I don't think there's many 18 year olds like that guy. Yeah. I really don't. Like I I teach tennis to a fair amount of high school kids, and a lot of these kids are great kids and they handle their business. And I'm always like impressed with how mature they are, but. This guy is at another level. Yeah, it's like he's an adult. He's an adult, and he, he had, handles himself. And I think that like a lot of it comes from having to. He's handled some stuff, so he had to go through that. And then in doing that, though, he's become much more. He, I mean, he's kind of approaching things that are important. You can tell, mm-hmm. like the fact that he's beating Karatsev. Like I just wouldn't. I don't know, like if I would have ever thought that that was going to happen when we were talking to him like no exactly and like that wasn't that long ago it was like so he, but he believed in himself then because you were like well what, what what's your what's your goals for this year he's like oh win win three three t- he said three, three titles, titles didn't he yeah. he got one of them get into those semis of a titles. slam yeah and what, what was his other goal was it top 70 top 75 i thought so i thought he said was he wanted to get into the semis of a slam but what was his ranking goal that he said on the podcast i'll have to oh, go back yeah Top seventy five or top fifty? No, top seventy five, I think. But he's well on his way to achieve all oh, these yeah. goals, which is just like he's. I think that's. I've learned that myself. Like set goals for yourself and just chase after them. Even if you come up short, it's like 
you're still going to get somewhere where you want to be in in that ballpark. And I mean, you like the fact get, that I, I'm a, learning from an 18 year old out here, which is pretty cool. It's like that's why I love tennis. So it connects you with anybody across the globe, all age groups, and it's just such a the game of tennis is you just can learn so much about life in this game. He was interesting to talk to as a person too. Like I think he was balanced. Like when we, you know, he had the he had a good core group of people behind him mm-hmm. i think that's probably a lot of it too for sure guys check out the pure tennis podcast with holger rune special one that i felt like he was just he was loose and i think he's just he trusts the process that he's kind of in like the journey he's on and i think that's special like when you have a guy bought in at 18 years old it's hard to see him not achieving his lofty goals and at this point they don't even seem lofty it's just like this is just the path that he's on and he's just going to go on a tear and he's going to take out a lot of these guys and he just he already feels like he belongs. He's got one of the cleanest backhands on the tour at 18 years old. He hits the ball Hard. so clean off that wing, so well. And his forehand is going to get cleaner. He's he doesn't quite have the like. He, he's able to find the, the 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 heaviness and the weight on the shot as far as spin, but his ability to flatten out the backhand right now I think is is pretty exceptional. Especially the down the line ball that he hit. He hit a ridiculous highlight reel uh, ball today against Rude, like in the in the in the beginnings of it, which it was just like. Holy, this guy, he's not, he's not a super, he's not a big guy. Whatever Maradoglu is feeding him at, at the academy, though, is, is paying off. So Maradoglu no coaches. No donuts. No donuts. No, yeah, he did say, <laughs> did on the pot, he did say he was very, yeah, he's, 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 his diet is, is very clean. So that's, yeah, that's where me and him differ. I'm at the candy shop once a week. This guy's, this guy's eating lettuce and, and stuff all day. So, um, no, Monte Carlo, guys is uh, a ton of fun. Make sure you guys tune in. At least follow some of these scores and tune in for the end of these matches. It's The drama has been amazing. But um, I, I wanted to plug a couple of things, guys. Check out tennis point underscore or tennis underscore point underscore USA on Instagram. A lot of our stuff we're putting up on there. Check out the Pure Tennis Podcast on Instagram. Check out tennis point on TikTok. Uh, that's, that's the place where we're – I feel like I'm spending a lot more time. It's just – Vertical video is king right now, my man. It's that's what people want to see, and I think that's where we can grow tennis um, in, in, in a large way. Is just because the vantage point that we're getting in these matches, I think, is, is pretty cool to, for people to see the movement, the ball striking, the, to hear the noise, and all that stuff. I think is, is pretty cool. So, those three places you guys all f- find us on, te- on on Twitter if you if you want more immediate updates on on matches, Facebook as well. But guys, we really appreciate all the feedback you guys have given us the last few months here, having a ton of fun. The studio is coming along great. Had mom out there this week or today actually helped me picking out some uh, some things so we can start bringing in guests and it can start looking like a, a warm and fuzzy uh, tennis ball in there. Yeah, I mean, if you if, if you are listening to our podcast and you want to get on the if you want to get on the show, send yeah, Nate send yes, Nate a yes, little note. Do you uh you also well, next time we hop on the podcast? I know you just ordered the Racket Magazine, which you had high praise for. Of, Good uh, the, stuff. Yeah, you're you're all amped up on this on this right now. So I got I got once you're done reading that, pass that on to me. Yeah. And we got to talk like I I've just heard good some good things about it. It's super interesting if you're a reader. It's got it. I would say it's more of like a, it's a it's it's long form journalism. So you have a forty page story in there. All, uh, all the millennials were just like. Huh? Falling asleep, but huh? like it's great if you like to read. Uh, it's called Racket Magazine. Good stuff, and the design's awesome. The, the artwork to me is just what the, I mean. How are where are they finding people to just to make this crazy stuff? It's 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 beautiful. So I uh, also shout out to ATP Fan Art on Instagram. F- follow the account. I just bought a bunch of artwork for our studio from her. She's one of the most talented. Elena is one of the most talented young artists in the country. 
She's based in Las Vegas, does exceptional work, got into tennis during COVID. Um, super cool. Super cool. Just her family it comes from a great family, and I was happy to support a, uh, a young, passionate tennis fan like herself. So, guys, happy Thursday. Tennis is, is, in a, is in a great place, and we can't wait to kind of keep you guys updated. And if you guys have any questions on gear, on tennis, anything you guys got for us, send it in. You guys can follow me at Nate Walworth on Instagram or Twitter. Send them in, DM us, whatever, and uh, we will talk to you guys soon.